Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Goal today is to stir up your heart and your life with some fresh vision, talking about some direction today, because I think the greatest need that we all have in our lives today is some clarity around why we're here and where it is we're going in life. And so if you're here today and you're unclear about what your life should be all about, today has the power to change everything for you, and I really believe that. Amen, everybody? Anybody else believe that? Today can be a life-changing day for you. You say, well, Aaron, how? Well, through vision. Vision is really important. Vision is the ability to see clearly. Vision brings stability because let me tell you something. When you know what your life is all about and what it's supposed, what you're supposed to be doing, it brings some stability to your life because, man, there's nothing that can shake you when you know why you're here. There's nothing that can shake you. Come hell or high water, you're going to stay the course because you know that God has designed you or what he has designed you and created for you to do. So vision brings some stability. Vision brings confidence because there's some stuff that I'll bet you are unwilling to step into. But if you know that you have God's power and his grace blessing you and going with you, his spirit going with you to step into some things, you'll have some confidence to step into spaces and do some things that you never thought possible. So vision brings stability. Vision brings confidence. And let me just tell you something. Vision brings hope in the dark. I don't know if you've ever been in a dark space before, like a really, really dark space uh, a few years ago. Anybody here like to do like uh, uh, with the escape rooms? Anybody like escape rooms? Okay, there's a few. I, I really enjoy an escape room. Some of you are like, any room that my mother-in-law is in is an escape room, technically. Uh, <laughs> how do I get out of this space? Trying to solve the puzzle, crack the code, I gots to go. Um, uh, not me. I love my mother-in-law, so it's fine. But... Um, but, but I went to this one escape room, and before you went in, they actually took a hood and put it over your head, and, and then they shackled you. Yeah, it's creepy. They put a hood over your head. You put your hands on the shoulder of the person in front of you, and you scooch like this into the room. It was terrifying. The room is completely dark. You already can't see. It's very disorienting. And then they shackle you to this metal bed. <laughs> nope. And then they tell you, you can go ahead and take off. Yeah, I think you were there, weren't you, Woodland? I think you were there for this one. They, they, they tell you, you can take off your hoods, and you do, but the room is still really, really dark. And let me tell you something. Figuring out what you're supposed to do next when the room is that dark and when it's that disorienting is impossible. You don't know what to do. And I'm here to tell you that when you have vision, it gives you hope in the dark. That in that space, all we had to do was find a little bit of light. And we were suddenly able to see what we needed to do next. Vision will do that for your life. When you know why you're here and you begin to face dark and difficult things, vision will pull you through those things. Because you have hope that's attached to your calling, the Bible tells us. It's important that we have vision. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there's no vision, the people perish. Another translation of that in the NIV says, Where there's no revelation, People cast off restraint. When you can't see what you're doing, you stumble through the dark. You step on things you shouldn't step on. Your toe finds pieces of furniture that it shouldn't find. Come on, somebody. We fumble through the dark. 
But there's no need for us to fumble, church, because God has a plan and you have a purpose. And it's a plan and a purpose. It's the only one that exists that for you will bring you fulfillment. So before I get into the message, what I want to do is kind of give you a picture of where we're going to wind up our year and how we're going to wrap things up. We're also going to take a look back a little bit, and I'm going to share some things with you today. Uh, but, but, but here's some things we're going to do. First, next Sunday, how we're going to wrap up our year next Sunday, we're going to, I'm doing a message on rest. Uh, I learned a whole lot during my 60-day sabbatical earlier this year uh, about rest, and I'm going to teach you about rest. And then Sunday night is team night, which Kyle already talked, Pastor Kyle talked about in the video there. But I'm going to take team night, and I'm going to expand on the subject of rest, show you the four areas that are keeping most of us so overly busy that we just can't rest. And I'm going to show you how to do it, and I promise you if you'll attend to it, if you'll give it your attention and some action connected to it, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. So that's next Sunday. And then we're going to start a brand new series called uh, On the Book of James that, man, a few years back we were doing a study on the book of James and I was sharing some things with my wife. And if you've ever read the book of James, the book of James is very, like, pointed. It's very, like, he's, he's just directing to the point. And you'll read it and you'll be like, dang, James. Why you got to be so harsh? And that's what the name of the series is. We're calling it Dang James because we're going to go through it. And uh, we're going to study the book of James. It'll be a blessing to you. But after that is the greatest season that we have here at our church to invite people. And it's at the movies. movies. That's right. Uh, How many of you guys enjoy at the movies? So if you've not been with us for at the movies, Jesus taught spiritual principles through something called parables. It's made up stories. And you know what movies are? That's right, made up stories. (gasps) What? That's right, they're made up stories. And so what we do is we show clips from these movies and we pull spiritual truths from them and teach people. It's a great Sunday to invite somebody because, man, that's a, that's a movie, and everybody loves movies. And so that season, I want you to be praying now. Who am I going to invite to church? Like, you can invite anybody, anytime, and I encourage you to do that. That's how, how, how the kingdom of God is supposed to grow is because we invite people to a place where they can meet Jesus. You can do that anytime, but let me tell you, at the movies is the greatest time to do that because people love movies. And then, of course, we're going to wrap up our year doing our Christmas services, and that's how we'll end our year. We've also got the marriage conference that's coming up and several other things, but, but, but this is how we're going to finish our year. After those Christmas services, we have two Sundays left in the year, and we don't do service those Sundays because those are holiday weekends, and we, we want you to be with your family and and to enjoy just the way we want to be with our families over the holiday seasons. Amen, everybody? So, there are also going to be some incredible serve opportunities coming up, too, and ways to expand our impact here in Reynoldsburg, and I'll share those with you a little more later. Uh, But I also want to say that that this year holds some really important stuff for us as a church as far as uh, our building goes, because we've been here, come November, we'll have been here for two years. And I'm really thankful for the pipe and drape, and I'm thankful for our creative pastor, Derek, who takes exactly what the Lord has given us and makes it look as beautiful as it does. He's, he's so incredibly gifted and talented, and it's obvious to see why God has him on our team. But I'm also going to say that I would like some walls, wouldn't you? I would like the kids' ministry to have proper rooms instead of being in the coolers. I mean, it's a cool environment. But, <laughs> boy. 
self-high five. But it, it's time that our kids have a proper environment. Amen, everybody? And so we've got some renovations planned. And, and I'm just going to share this. We will move at the speed of your generosity. Because those renovations alone, just to get the walls up, the electricity up, to remove the coolers and to divide up the classrooms the way that we want to divide them, uh, is going to cost us $60,000. If you want bathrooms back there in the kids' ministry, add another $20,000. So $80,000. Some of you are like, well, I couldn't do that on, your, on my own. You're right. Some of you could not do that on your own. But all of us together could make a difference. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is, is like, Pray about what part of that you can be. And, and, and even if that's to say, okay, God, here's a dollar amount that, that I hear you put on my heart. And over the next few Sundays and for the rest of the year, I'm going to give X amount of dollars once a month or whatever that looks like. Pray about it. Let the Lord lead you because I believe that we can have this kids ministry done by the end of the year. Amen, everybody? I believe that we can do. By the way, you spell 60,000, S-I-X-T-Y-T-H-O-U. <laughs> S-A-N-D. Just in case you need to know how to spell it, if you're filling that out on a check, if you need to know how to spell 80,000, the thousand part is the same, and 80 is E-I-G-H-T-Y. Thousand. Listen, you all think that I'm, I'm kidding, but the Bible tells me that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And so I'm out here just putting it out here because I'm trusting that God is going to begin moving, even if... Even if he doesn't speak to your heart to give a thing, you're going to be now praying with me that we have the resources to do this, right? And this is what God has for us as a church. And let me tell you what finishing this kids' ministry does. It takes them out of this space over here, puts them over here in this space that is created for them, and allows us to run growth track during service. You say, why is that valuable, Aaron? Well, any parent that has gone through growth track that has allowed their kids to kind of just roam the building while they're doing growth track will tell you why that's valuable. Because their kids can be being cared for in kids' ministry while they're learning about being part of our church and discovering their purpose. It's important to the life of our church that we do this. There's multiple benefits to that. All right, let me keep moving because I can tell you guys are excited. We are. <laughs> and then I'll tell you, after we, we get the kids' ministry taken care of, obviously we want to put walls around this auditorium and finish off the space here. But all in good time. And like I said, we will move at the speed of your generosity and how God provides. Now, not only is there vision for our church community, the people that gathered here, but I need you to know that God has vision for your individual life as well. And the Bible shows us there are four things all throughout Scripture that God wants for each of us. These are the four visions that God has for each of your lives. They're, and they're the same. They're the same for all of us. The same four steps for everybody's spiritual journey. And the first one is, is, is that God wants for you, this vision he has for your life, is that you would have a relationship with him. That you would know him. That, that you wouldn't just know about him. A lot of us have information about different people around us. We get that information because of social media, but we don't really know people. We know what they're doing. We know what they ate last night. We know where they've been, but we don't know them. We don't know their, their fears, their desires, their loves. We don't really know them intimately, but God is not inviting us to a social media relationship with him. He's inviting us to a deep relationship with him where we know him he wants us to have a relationship with him just like Moses had with him where the Bible says that he spoke with Moses face to face as a friend 
I don't know if that's blowing your mind that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, wants to have a face-to-face friend relationship with you, but that's what he wants. He wants that for all of you. He wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. Then the second thing, the second vision he has for all of us is that each and every single one of us would have the opportunity to settle the issues of our past. You say, Aaron, I don't have any issues. Ha <laughs> ha, yes, you do. Some of you, you are the issue, and others of you, the issue is sitting next to you. Now, don't point and don't look at them if that's the case for you, okay? You all got issues, and I've got them too. We've got them. But there's an invitation that God has for us to get free from the hang-ups, to get free from the habits, to get free from the addictions, to get free from the mindsets, to get free from the trauma and the pain of the past. All of us have them, whether they were mistakes we made, so choices we made in our lives and we caused that pain, or whether someone caused that pain in our life, or whether life just handed you a bowl of lemons and it caused pain. However you got there, you've got issues. And Jesus invites us to experience freedom. He paid for us to have it. He invites us to experience healing, restoration, and restitution. You can have those things. And God has them for you in Christ. And so he wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to settle the issues of your past. Then he wants you to find out what your life is all about. That's really important that you know why you're here because a lot of us have been told we'll never amount to anything. Some of us have been told that we're a mistake. Some of us have, have our potential, a lid has been put on it by someone else's words and or their lack of belief in us. And God wants you to know that you're, you have a purpose. You, your life has meaning. And the last thing, once you've, you, you know him, once you settle the issues of your past and once you find out what your life is all about, The last thing, the last vision he has for you is that you do something with your life that makes an eternal difference. It makes an eternal difference. That that psychologists, what they call this is a life of transcendence. That if you were to look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs for humanity, the highest level of living is something called transcendence. It's that where we begin to live our lives in a way that transcends our own lives. That where we begin to live our lives for the benefit of other people. It's not about us anymore. And we live our lives in such a way that we make an eternal difference. At Simple Church, we say these four things simply this way. Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. If you've been here for any time at all, in fact, if you were here last Sunday, you heard me say those exact words. You've heard me talk about these four visions for your life. This is what God has for you. And today... I not only want you to hear about them and see them in scripture, but I want you to have a visualization. I want to give you a picture that you can relate each of these two to really help you see it. And that first picture is the know God. And and when we're talking about knowing God, I want to show you the picture of a butterfly. Now, I don't know if you've ever watched the transition of a caterpillar to a butterfly, but it is, it is impressive because we've got this fat little gross-looking dude who's just kind of inching his way across the leaves, eating everything in sight, who eventually shuts himself in, hides from everybody for a little bit, and then comes out completely transformed into this beautiful butterfly. The transformation is probably the, one of the most staggering ones that I can think of. 
And it gives us a picture of what God can do in each and every single one of us when we get into relationship with him. That transformation from a caterpillar to butterfly is something called metamorphosis. And a metamorphosis, if you're taking notes, is the change of the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one by natural or, watch this, supernatural means. Now, that same word that we get metamorphosis from is used in Scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.17, talking about what happens when we're in relationship with Jesus. It says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. It's talking about you, that you are a new creation, a new creature. The old has gone, the new is here. Now, we all need change in our lives, me included. And for many, though, what we've experienced, the changes we've experienced in our lives are not real heart transformations. For most of us, what we wind up doing and committing to is behavior modification. Let me tell you what behavior modification, the real word for it, when we're talking about it in a church setting, do you know what it's called? Religion. Yeah. See, that's not what Jesus offered you. Jesus offers you a relationship with a real God. He did not offer you a bunch of rules and restrictions and rites and rituals. That's not what he's offering you. He's offering you a real relationship, a relationship that will transform you. Unfortunately, many of us, what we want to do is approach God through our do, through what we can do. Unfortunately, if you're going to be a Christian, everything's already done, and it was done for you by Jesus. So all of your doing isn't going to get you anywhere. It's just going to be behavior modification. And God is not so con as concerned with what your hands do as he is about getting a hold of your heart and having it transformed. Because he knows that when he can get your heart then he'll have your head, and then he'll get your hands. See, most people come to church and they go, Pastor Aaron, I really like coming here, but I, oh, man, it's just so hard to say. I, I cuss a little. <laughs> yeah, I do, I cuss a little. I love Jesus and I cuss a little. And you know what? He said, what does God think about that? I'm not sure God cares so much about that. I think he cares about your heart. I think he cares about you. And I think if you'll continue to give him your heart, that in time, he might put his finger on that cussing thing, and he might say, hey, let's taper that off a little bit. And because you love him, you will. I don't think we need to worry about that first thing, do we? I don't think you need to clean yourself up in the sink before you jump into the shower of grace known as Jesus. No. It's not how we do things. We don't do behavior modification around here. We let Jesus work on our hearts. We let the Holy Spirit transform them. A metamorphosis, just like the butterfly. Real change in our lives. That's what God does. So he takes all the ugliness of our past, and he transforms us. And makes us into a new person through the power of the cross of Christ. And you can experience that. You can have that. You, in fact, you can know God and have that change in your life. I'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service today to pray a prayer and have your life changed just like that. 
Some of you, though, you're here, and, and maybe you've prayed that prayer before, and unfortunately, you've walked away from Christ. That was my story. I walked away from God. I was a Christian, but I, I stopped feeding into it. And how many of you know that every relationship that you stop pouring into, because a relationship's not a one-and-done kind of thing. Hello? Some of you are like, well, I told my wife I loved her on the day that I married her. <laughs> Why do I got to tell her again? <laughs> Listen. Those I love yous have to keep on pouring out of your mouth, guys and gals. You got to keep pouring into the relationship. And as a Christian, if you stop pouring into that relationship, removed yourself from fellowship, removed yourself from reading your Bible, removed yourself from times of prayer, guess what? There's a way back for you too. The Bible calls it repentance. And though some of you think you have walked far, long and far away from God, years all it takes is for you to turn around and find that God has been with you the entire time. He's not far from you. He's not. You can repent. You can turn today. You can have that renewed relationship and come back home. Many of you that are here today, you've made that decision recently to come back or to give yourself to a relationship with God through Jesus. You've made that decision. But the next step that you have, according to our Bible, is something called baptism. What is baptism? Well, it's a public declaration of your faith. It's the same as a wedding ceremony. It is not the wedding ceremony that makes you married. It's the love you have in your heart. It's the confession before God and friends. But the ceremony itself is just, it's symbolic. That's not what makes you in love. You are already in love. And so baptism is this public confession. It's a way for us to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ saying, I am going to follow that dude the rest of my life. In fact, this public declaration, Jesus not only said that we should do it to get baptized, but he set the example and he did it for us. He went first. It was important to him to, to that as being fully God, but also being fully man, that he did exactly what he's asking us to do. And so the Bible says that baptism is a sign of transformation. In 1 Peter 3, it says that, by the way, that, by the way, is what baptism pictures for us. In baptism, we show that we have been saved from death and doomed by the resurrection of Christ. Not because our bodies are washed clean by the water. So this isn't about what the water, the physical water does for our bodies. It's not about that. But because in being baptized, we're turning to God and asking him to cleanse our hearts from sin. The water doesn't do that. It's your faith. The Bible says that when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths, then we are saved. Salvation is ours because of our faith, but baptism is what we do to show everybody else what's on the inside of our hearts. Okay. Today, if your heart has been transformed by God, it's important to let others know. You can join the 16 people this year that have taken that step of faith. And you can get baptized today because as far as I know, we got four or five people getting baptized after service today. And I love that. We're going to take communion today. We're going to get people baptized today. And if you want to get baptized today, all you got to do is get out of your seat and walk over to this Connect Center. Sean is right there in the lights. Can you see Sean? Sean's waving his hand. Sean and his wife, Tracy, would like to take care of you. Hi, Sean. <laughs> That's Tracy, too. Tracy, they'd like to take care of you. Say, but Aaron, I don't have any clothes, and I didn't bring a towel. Gotcha. We got those things, too. You got no excuses. I got clothes. I got towels. I've even got a photographer who will take pictures and video for you to capture your special day. 
for the people that can't be here, and you can share it on your social media. It'll be great. Today can be your day. So if you want to get baptized, get up, and I'm saying now, while I'm preaching, and head on over there, and they'll get you taken care of. Directly after service today, we're going to get you baptized, and you can go on, take this step in your spiritual journey and go public with Jesus. And so we'll get you taken care of. So if you've, already, if you've already given your life to God, your next spiritual step or your next step in your spiritual journey is to find freedom. And find again, find freedom from what? Well, it's the habits, it's the issues, it's the hurts, the mistakes, the hang-ups, the addictions. It's all the things that hold us back from God's best for our lives. And the picture for this step is the table. Now, the table is the place where relationships are strengthened. There are studies that have been done about the impact of having dinner around a table as a family. Do you know that, that if you would, are willing to have dinner at a table every night, the kids, because of the strength of the relationship, the kids are noted to, this is, this is studies done, that kids will make better decisions, they will eat better kinds of food, they, will be, they have less opportunity to be overweight, and the list goes on. They will, they will do well in school, and on and on and on. What could that impact be for your life? If you found yourself at a table with other Christians on a regular basis, for a lot of us, we've got our own homes, we've got our own cars, we've got our own fenced-in backyards, we've got our own seat in the house, and we have our own space, and very seldom do we have people invade that space and sit around a table with us. But what would happen if you did? Well, I'll tell you what would happen is your life would change. Your life would transform because God uses authentic relationships with other believers as the means by which your life can change. These relationships help us work through our issues. They help us work through our hang-ups. And I'm inviting you not only to know God, but I'm inviting you to find freedom at a table with other Christians. And that happens in small groups that we call grow groups here at Simple Church. These, in these grow groups, we support each other in our processes of growth. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We learn from one another. And if you'll join a group, what I promise is that you'll begin to see God move in your life and transform your heart. For me, a small group was what was the, the exact catalyst that propelled me on my spiritual journey. Because y'all don't understand, I showed up at a church and I set that pastor down. I was angry, I was bitter, I was carrying offense. I was only at church because I knew that my family needed to be there, my little kids. I wanted them to know Jesus even though I couldn't stand God's people. And I went into that pastor and I said, I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to give. And the only reason I keep showing up every week is because you're funny. Some of you can relate. You're welcome. You know what he said to me? I said, are you okay if I stay? And he said, absolutely. He said, stay. And what happened was God began to work on my heart. And then I, I jumped into a small group. And then he started working on my heart even more. And oh, my goodness. Next thing I know, I'm serving. Next thing you know, I'm giving. Then my pastor sits me down and says, you ever thought about being a pastor? And next thing you know, I'm on this journey. My heart began to change. I began to find freedom from that offense. Because let me tell you something, carrying a grudge, it only wounds you. It doesn't bother the person you're mad at. It's like you drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. 
And I was carrying that grudge, and being in that small group helped me get to a place where I could forgive. Because when I said, well, I've got this person that I don't want to forgive, other people stood up and said, me too. I've been there. Because when you get around that table and somebody gets vulnerable, what happens is is that vulnerability begets vulnerability. That you find out you're not alone in what you've been struggling with after all. And that there are other people that have gone before you and this is how they found freedom through Christ and you can have it too. It'll change your life. You'll experience the reality of this scripture. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins, other translations say faults, to each other and pray for each other so that you can be healed. Now, let me be clear. The Bible says that if we'll confess our sins to God, he's faithful to forgive us. But this isn't about the forgiveness of your sins. Confessing your faults and confessing your sins to another believer is about your healing because sin is fun for a season only. After that, it brings death in lots of different ways. It brings death to your relationships, death to your attitudes and your opportunities. It brings spiritual death. It'll rob you of your peace. It'll rob you of your joy. And you need to be healed. And this is why we have to confess them and share them with someone else and let them pray for us. And by the way, if you're the person that somebody comes to and says, I need to share something with, don't you look down your long religious nose at them. Don't you do it. You be part of, of the, this, this church culture that is willing to hear any place that anybody is at. And you lovingly restore them as scripture calls us to do. That we carry each other's burdens. It's not the time to get all religious and say, well, I don't sin that way. <laughs> Thinner. Uh-uh. You still got sin and you got issues. Hey, let me, let me keep moving here. You want healing in your life? You got to talk to somebody. That's God's plan. Scripture told us thousands of years ago what therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists confirm today is that we are wounded in relationship and we are healed in relationship. This is God's design. So we sit at a table with each other. We get into group. We find freedom together in the safety of a grow group. In fact, grow groups, they begin in one week. Today, after service, after we do some baptizing, there's a table out there that has, we call our Grow Group Expo. You can stop by and talk to the different leaders. I'm leading a group this time around, and you can jump into those groups. We'd love to have you be in those groups. There are study groups where you're going to study something together and talk about it. There are activity groups. There are outreach groups. There's a group that is going to the Heart Food Pantry to serve people, help them get their groceries. What an awesome group. There's a fellowship group. Like, there are plenty of group styles for you to get involved in and would love to have you jump into a group. More than ever before, we need to be in a grow group. So stop by the expo, or you can just open the Simple Church app and get yourself into a group. So we start by knowing God with that picture of the butterfly. We, we find freedom with the picture of the table, and then we discover purpose. And that picture is the picture of a ladder. The idea behind the ladder is that a ladder has a bunch of rungs, and each one of those rungs, if you've ever climbed on a ladder, represents a step, that that you are climbing or taking your steps towards why you are here. And each rung of the step is an invitation that God gives us to take, to take those steps of discovery towards purpose, of discovery towards our potential and our calling. Mark Twain, who wrote some very, very famous books, said, this, he said that the greatest days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you find out why you were born. 
And that's true. There is a reason why you are here. So how do we discover why you are here? Well, here at Simple Church, we believe that your design determines your destiny. If you're taking notes, I'll say it again. Design determines your destiny. What does that mean? Well, it means that God made you on purpose with purpose. That he had a purpose and plan for your life. He didn't see you pop out of the womb and say, all right, well, let's see. What does Susie have? Okay, so she's got that temperament. Mm-hmm. She's going to like that kind of stuff. Oh, I can see that she's really going to be, she's going to have a propensity for that. So we'll let her do this. No, that's how we do things. We assess what you already have, and then we give you that job accordingly. But God didn't do that. God said, this is the job I've got for you. This is the purpose I have for you. I'm going to go ahead and make you in the womb ready for exactly what I have for your life. He said, this is what I'm going to do. Your design determines your destiny. Psalm 139. This is King David. He's talking to God. He says, for you created my inmost being, my personality. My talents, my, you, every, you, my, all my wiring. He's, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Anybody pause? Anybody ever knitted before? When you're knitting, I'm going to imagine that you don't just kind of freeform it. That you, you don't just sit there with your little needles. Ta-da, I've got a sweater. no. If you're going to make the sweater, if you're going to make the hat, if you're going to make the socks, you're going to make whatever it is you're going to make, I'm going to bet there is a pattern or, wait for it, a plan. And the Bible says God knit you together, following his plan for your life. This verse, by the way, is why we believe that the unborn are valuable. This is why we are pro-life here in this church, because they're not a clump of cells just hanging out in the womb, guys. God knit them together with intention and purpose long before any of their days were ever had. So the verse goes on and says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Your life has been planned for God to do something meaningful with it. Long before you were born, you had value and you had purpose. God has a purpose for your life. You're not, it's not an accident that you're here. You're not here by mistake. And you got to get this because if you miss this, guys, if you miss this, you'll waste your life and never know why you're here. Paul said this in Acts 20, verse 24. I consider my life worth nothing to me. Why is that, Paul? So my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Paul recognized the most valuable thing in his life that he could spend his time doing is what God had for him to do. He said the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Paul knew you'd never know what your life was about until you knew what God's purpose was for you. That the real life that you were looking for, guys, is connected to living out God's plan and purpose for you. Once you know it, nothing can derail you. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 4. He said, therefore, we don't lose heart. Why don't you lose heart, Paul? Why don't you lose heart? Why, don't, why isn't your life shaken? He said, though outwardly we're wasting away. We got issues. We're not eating too well. Food we are eating is kind of rotten and old. 
Our relationships aren't so great because, well, we don't have any money to get to our friends and can't pay our bills and can't pay for an Uber to go check in on people. Though we're, they're wasting away, everything seems to be outside, seems to not be going so well for us, Paul is saying. Yet inwardly, he's talking about on the inside, we're being renewed day by day. Paul had something. He knew something. In fact, Paul even says in other writings that it's not that he laid hold of something, it's that that thing laid hold of him. And it was his calling. It was his purpose. He says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. The stuff that I'm going through, he says, it's for my good and for God's glory. Because I'm going to walk through it different than everybody else is. He goes on, he says, so we fix our eyes. What do you fix your eyes on, Paul? Not on what is seen, but on what, on, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul's made a decision. It doesn't matter what's going on in his world. It doesn't matter what happens to him. Nothing's going to shake him from God's purpose and plan for his life. Paul's focus in life was just that. Prison couldn't shake him. Public beatings couldn't shake him. Public threats on his life couldn't shake him. Shipwrecks didn't shake him. Depression, the Bible says that he despaired for his life. It didn't shake him. No attempts on his life. They actually stoned him once. And I don't mean with the wacky tobacco. I mean, I'm talking like rocks, big heavy stones. Took him outside the city and threw him at his head. Left him for dead. And Paul gets up and walks on. No attempts on his life, no snake bites. The Bible says one time he's working around a fire and a snake bit him. And it was a poisonous snake, and the locals were like, he gone. Everybody say your farewells to Paul. He's done. And he didn't die. And they got curious, and they leaned in. And the Bible says that he won that entire city as a result of that snake biting him. Hmm. Go figure. Nothing shook Paul from his calling. He was determined to live out his purpose. He abandoned everything else once he knew why he was here. And the Bible says that he was joyful. He was full of joy as a result. This is good news. I'm here to tell you, you can know why you're here too. You can be as joyful as Paul. And we'll help you discover why you're here. If you'll join us, We'll help you figure out what those rungs of the ladder are so that you can take those steps. And you can do that here at Simple Church through what we call our monthly growth track. It's four simple steps on that ladder to help you understand your purpose and to live out that calling here. To develop yourself, to understand God's knitting and wiring for you. We'll do all that in growth track. These, these four steps that we do follow the first, second, third, and fourth Sundays of the month. Every Sunday after service, right over here in this area, we have growth track. And we're walking through that journey. You can join the 35 other people that have gone through Growth Track this year directly after baptism and communion day. We start with step one today right here. You can do it. You can find out why you're here on this earth. You can understand completely God's vision for you. It's to know him. It's to find freedom. It's to discover your purpose. And then once you've done those things, you get to step into this fourth vision God has for your life, and that is to make an eternal difference in the lives of others. In fact, Jesus said this about that, this season in your life once you get to this place. He said, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. 
bear much fruit. You say, Aaron, I, I don't know. I've never worked in an orchard. I've never worked in a garden. What do you mean bear much fruit? How am I supposed to bear fruit? Am I, am I supposed to be a tree and be planted somewhere? Nope. Bear much fruit means doing good works. It's doing the good works that he has planned for you. He says, so it's to my Father's glory that you, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The disciples did what their, what their rabbi did, what the guy that they were following did. And the Bible says that Jesus went around doing good, healing people, casting out devils, and preaching the gospel. That's what he did. So the fruit the disciples would have is exactly that. He said, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, it's not just, this isn't just a command from Jesus for us to bear fruit. This is a recipe for joy in your lives, guys. If you really want to sleep well at night, discover why you're here and start living it out. That's, that's joy. Because joy doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from sex. It doesn't come from stuff, achievements. It doesn't come from the likes on your Instagram and your social medias. It doesn't come from that. It comes from attending to God's plan for your life. Real joy is found in making difference in the lives of others. It'll truly change your outlook on life. Proverbs eleven twenty five tells us that the generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So you start living a life that is intended and leveraged to make a difference in other people's lives, an eternal difference, and watch as you yourself begin to experience God's blessing in the same way. But here's the catch. A lot of us try to live out this purpose and live out our callings on our own. But one, while one is a valuable number because one represents an individual life, one is too small of a number to make the impact that God has called us to make. What I'm getting at is that we need each other. That's why our final picture of the vision God has for us here in this make a difference is hands that are joined together. Because that's what our dream team does every single week. They join hands with each other to do this work together. Because together, when we link hands as the body of Christ, we can make a bigger difference. And these people that are serving, our dream team members, they serve in the cafe, which, by the way, I heard that we, we've made 80 pounds of coffee this year. Y'all like, like your caffeine. They serve in the cafe, and God bless them. Stretch your hands this way. Bless the people that work in the cafe, dear Lord Jesus. They got brownies out there today, guys. We'll have brownies for a couple weeks till they're gone. But there's brownies out there today. We got serve, these people serve in our service host. They help you find the best seats in the room. We've got people that are, are greeters. When you walk in, they're the ones that wrap their arms around you and love you and show you where everything is. And you probably met them. We've got people that work at the Connect Center and our parking lot attendants and people that serve in the kids' ministry that are helping your kids know Jesus. People that serve on the A team, which is our administrative team, behind the scenes, you'd never even see them. Won't even know the impact that they have, but they are, they are the ninjas of our operation because they are unseen, but they are mighty. There's people that serve on our worship team, play an instrument, sing a song, or help them sound great while they're doing it or look great through lighting and make sure that we're broadcast. And we've, we've got a guy that listens to our podcast every week, and he's the one that posts it up for us. 
And he doesn't even come into the building. He's listening from home. He's doing what he can to take care of himself. But he's a valuable member of our dream team. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate you. You all can make a difference too. You can find out what is it God has for you. You can be on our prayer. There's lots of our prayer team. There's lots of opportunities. But our dream teamers, man, they know God. They're on a journey. They're finding freedom. They're not perfect. They've taken growth track. They've discovered their purpose and why they're here. And they're, they're living out their different. They're living out their lives making a difference. And you can too. Here's some of the ways we've made a difference this year as a church that I just want to make sure we take opportunity to celebrate. Because while we can give of our talent and our time, it's also a way to make a difference by giving of our treasure. And man, we take 10% of everything you guys give and we immediately give it away. So some of the places we've given it away to missionaries and to outreach efforts, $11,386. Church planning efforts, $5,174. We planted a church in January called Villages Church. It means we we're with the oversight for them, walked with them and helped them get their church launched. They're up in Worthington, Delaware area. In July, we ran our Joyride campaign, and you crazy folks gave away 105 brand-new bikes to kids as we walked in that parade. We did a feeding program this summer. 4,041 meals were given out across, hold on, across 318 households, feeding 987 kids. Now you can do that. And, and, and I just want to say this. Do you know where that came from? It didn't come from your pastoral team or anybody on staff. Stand up, Andrea. I know you're going to love this. Stand up. This is Andrea. And Andrea serves as a service host. But Andrea came to Kyle, who's our executive pastor here. And she said, you know what? There's this organization that's looking to feed kids over the summer. What do you think we can do with that? And Andrea brought us that feeding program so that we can make a difference. You say, well, you're saying, well, if Andrea can do it, anyone can do it. That's not a dig on Andrea, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. All of us can make a difference. If we take what God has put in our hands seriously, we can do it. We bagged 5,000 bags of groceries for the Seek and Save event through Convoy of Hope. We took a team, I think of 17 people, on a missions trip to Honduras. And our church sponsors 64 of the kids at those two hope centers in Tegucigalpa. That's incredible to me. And there are going to be some incredible opportunities for us to continue making a difference. Some of the things we're going to do with the rest of our year, we're, we're, we're going to, the city wants us to be involved in their community Halloween party. We're going to serve there. We've got uh, Thanksgiving. We usually give Thanksgiving meals and we take them downtown. And as a team, we just started asking, how do we serve here in Reynoldsburg? And so Thanksgiving, we're going to serve a meal here at the church for those that are underserved and underprivileged and people that can't get to their families, and we're going to be their family, and we're going to serve a meal. And more details are coming about that. We've got a, a, an incredible opportunity. To, we've done this for the last couple of years called Holiday Hope. I believe we served over 200 kids last year. Is that right? And what I love about Holiday Hope is that 
we get presents for these kids, but the parents give us the gift list, and we give the gifts to the parents unwrapped so the mom and dad can wrap them and give them to the kids from them. So this does two things. It blesses the kids and it restores dignity in the home during a season where there's a time of need. And I think it's beautiful. I think if Jesus were running a program like that, that's how he would run it. Restore dignity. Remove the shame. Be a blessing and love people. And our holiday hope is coming up. You'll have that opportunity as well. And then this one I'm really excited about. But if you don't know it, and I don't mean to be offensive in any way by the way that I speak about it. I'm just stepping into this space and I'm learning. But, you know, we have a pretty large homeless encampment around here. There are people that are living on the sidewalks and living in front of these retail stores. Be- behind uh, other world over here, there's literally a city of people back there. 15 plus people, and they've got structures. The one guy's got himself a little house, like walls and a door and a bed and stuff in there. They're all living off of others' generosity, and so many of them, what they don't need anymore is a handout. They need a hand up because it's seven months waiting period right now for housing, and they can't even get housing unless they have an ID, and, they don't, and if they don't have an ID, they can't even get an ID unless they've got an address, and if they don't have a home, how can they get an ID? So we're partnering with organizations that are teaching us how to do this, how to help them get their ID, how to help them get their social security, how to help them get on the list for housing. Because I don't care how they wound up in this state of homelessness and neither should you. What matters is is that God loves them and that we have a responsibility to love them too. And so one of the other things, this is the big ask. And, and it, it, it's a big deal to me because it's on my heart. It's on my vision board in my office. But I want to do a showering facility and a laundry facility right here in the back of this building. And I've been crunching some numbers, and it's going to cost me $10,000. I can put in two showers, and I can at least get a laundry machine and a wa- or a dryer and a washer and get them installed properly here for $10,000. You spell 10,000, T-E-N. I don't know who God's got here. And, and the way to give to that, if you were to give digitally, there's a new drop down, a new fund called Vision. If you want to give to that $10,000 to help us get there, that's a big ticket item. Some of you could write that check today and some of you, the Lord might be leading you to do it. You want to talk about making a difference, man. Getting a shower on a regular basis will improve health, but it'll also help them get jobs. Having clean clothes so that they can go to work. This is not giving a handout anymore. This is giving a hand up and helping them out of the station that they're in. And my God, we get to be part of that. So would you pray about, can you be part of the renovation? Can you be part of this outreach? My hope today, and I've got to close up our service, is that you're inspired by God's vision for you. Because you've seen it here in scripture. You've heard it preached. And you visualized it with pictures, the butterfly, the table, the ladder, and the joined hands. My hope is that you have a clear picture of what God has for you. I also hope that you'll take that inspiration that you're feeling right now. And that what you'll do is that you'll lean into it and turn it into action. Because let me tell you something, information without action will never lead to transformation. It's just not going to happen. 
You can have all the knowledge in the world, and most of us do. We've got it at the tips of our fingers and our phones. We've got the Google machine. We know how to know things. But it's the application of those things that leads to transformation. We must act, take those steps ourselves, even small ones. And if you'll take a step, God will add his power to your life. He'll add his power to those steps, and your life will change. So here's your invitation to join us in every way as we know God, find freedom, discover our purpose, and make a difference. Because here's the last hope of mine that I'll share with you for today. My hope is that all of us get to stand before Jesus someday. (laughs) And we'll get to hear what he said in Matthew chapter 25. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I want to hear that, and I want to be standing next to each and every single one of you when he says it to me. Let's pray. It's a tall order for the day, Lord. You've got a lot for us. I'm praying, Father, that every, every work of the enemy he has launched against us to blind us to what you have for us. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I rebuke the God of this age that has blinded our eyes, that has kept us from knowing you. I pray right now, Lord, that you would give each and every single one of us a spirit of wisdom so that we can know you. I pray, Lord, that we would be bold, cast off restraint, cast off all the excuses that have kept us from finding freedom, Lord, that we get in a group introverts and extroverts alike. Those with trauma, deep trauma, and those with none. Those with doubts and those that are full of faith. Lord, may we gather around a table together and find freedom. May we grow to be more like you as we pray for one another, confess our faults to one another, as we serve one another, encourage one another, and support one another. God, show us why we're here. Help us to discover our purpose and to live out that purpose and make a difference in eternity. Lord, not just in our lives, but in the lives of our family members, our communities, our place of employment, our neighborhood, wherever we find ourselves. May we carry your spirit with us in such a way that it makes us live different and look different and be different in a way that you will receive glory. In other words, that people will say, what is different about you? I got to have it. Lord, may we be a church that knows you, finds freedom, discovers our purpose, and makes a difference. Now in this same atmosphere, this same solemn moment, I promised you an opportunity to know Jesus. If you want to begin that relationship with him, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. And remember, it's not the words that I'm giving you that make a difference. It's the faith in your heart that as you pray them will transform your life. You can know God. So I'm going to pray. And if you'll just repeat these words after me, man, I know that, that the Spirit of God is going to fill you. And he's going to change you. And he's going to invite you into a journey. So pray with me now. Everybody praying together, say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. 
Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with faith in your heart, the Bible says that heaven's having a party. Simple church, let's celebrate with them. Come on. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. and hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.